0: Okay, you all good? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. Welcome back to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. My name is Daniel Hopewell here with Simon Delaney and this is episode fifty one, What We Learned in America. And I say we, but actually I was invited to America. This is uh, just, just Simon who went out there to the San Diego to uh, give a talk at the Lead Generation World Conference. Um, Simon, what's it like being back in the UK? How are you doing?
1: Uh, yeah, good, thanks. I've a bit of jet lag, mainly not me, more my kids um, who are one and nearly four. Um, and yeah, I've had a distinct lack of sleep, I think about three hours last night. Um, so if I'm rambling, uh, you know what to blame it on. And then a the really weird thing today I was dropped my daughter off at nursery, walking down the road um, and there was a guy dying next to the pavement. Um, so I had to help him give him CPR, uh, call an ambulance. I thought he was dead um, really strange. I mean I told you earlier, but it was a you know sort of thing that sticks with you and makes you realize um what's important uh but yeah, i thought he was dead and i got a, the police came and ambulance and everything else but he didn't breathe for 20 minutes 30 minutes apparently he's still alive and in hospital incredible
0: yeah, when you when you messaged me about it this morning i was supposed to have to speak you should come into the uh into the office um yeah at this point you didn't actually know you thought he had died right um mm. and then
1: I was convinced. uh, I mean, as far as I know, like I got to him and he was still alive, but um, he effectively died while, um, well, he stopped breathing, and so uh, I started, I was on the phone to an ambulance because I was the first person there, and this another guy appeared, and so me and him were taking it in turns to do CPR and try and figure out you know, what was wrong with him, and he didn't breathe until the ambulance turned up when we stopped, which I reckon was 20, 30 minutes, something like that, it was a long time
0: but then Mm to clarify you
1: got a text message from from right yeah i got a text message from the policeman who was at the scene and took my details and uh he said um i'll read it see that he's he's alive uh it was uh yeah the male who you called an ambulance for and administered cpr to is still with us he's very poorly but receiving the best care Unbelievable.
0: Well yeah, I mean that sort of like you say puts makes everything pain significant. Um but I guess that's a sort of relatively positive, possibly outcome which we can hope for considering how you how you were this morning when I first met you. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, you know, sorry to uh hijack the podcast with the talk of death, but it's you know, you don't have these things happen every day. Um yeah, I'm just pleased that he's alive. I hope you know the policeman who send a text message talks about his family getting in contact with me and a couple other people or one other person that was um appeared at the scene as well so you know just hope that um he's gonna be okay that's it oh well, yeah good, um,
0: no good it's a yeah we, we don't often segue into this personal stuff but i think now and again um in exceptional circumstances we certainly can um mm. but yeah nice one um I say know I, I don't know any correct phrases to say to someone, um, when they've administered CPR and saved someone's life, but nice one, I'll get, I'll get you a beer or something. <laughs> I think it's easy. I can, I can think of, but yeah, um, hope, hope all is good. Um, and with that, I'll segue smoothly on to you being back. Um, you're out at gen world in San Diego, um, mm. uh, Ma- Michael, Michael's conference, um, who we've done the show before. Um, what was, what was that like? And, uh, you know, how was it, how was the talk you gave?
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was good going out there. Um, I met up with a, a couple of people I know, um, one of which or two of which I knew were going anyway, and then I, I bumped into a couple of people I didn't know that we've worked with and things in the past before. Um, I think I had a couple of clients over there that are based in the US. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was great going over um, sort of first party data and lead generation in a different country. And in terms of the talk, um, it was largely around US companies moving into the UK um, and uh, how they could do that and how the markets are different and things like that.
0: And um, I mean, I, I guess there are lots of different things you don't know about, what's over there, but what would you say are some of the key differences or the big differences you noticed within lead gen in America?
1: Um, so the first thing is there's definitely sort of a less there's less of a mystique uh to lead gen in uh in america and by that i mean not like that there is in the uk but there's there's a i don't know if it's like more education in the us or like more acceptance of and knowledge about how lead generation is done the different methods and routes available and things like that but there's definitely you know it holds less of a opaqueness than it seems to in the uk not i'm not talking about like lack of fraud and stuff like that i just mean the buyers and sellers seem to have much more of a, um, a sort of connection and understanding of what the other does um i would say the lead buyers in the us are much easier to identify and by that i mean in the uk um if you want to work with like i don't know a big brand and you you know they're buying leads, it can be incredibly difficult um, to find out who that person is that could be the lead buyer. Um, And they typically don't have um, job titles that associate themselves with doing that role. Whereas in the US it's like, you know that is their job. That is their job role. So um, I suppose that's good in one way because it means that it opens them up to a lot more opportunities that they lead buyers at brands or agencies, whatever might be lacking because no one knows who they are without like, you know, strong investigation. I think it's, it's relatively easier at smaller companies because it's usually, you know, the owner or someone, you know, there's only a finite amount of people it could be, but larger brands, it's definitely, it's definitely harder.
0: Does that kind of imply that the fact like, say, that you say they have a designated people in companies that is like brands and stuff like that, that have like a lead buyer who works there. Does that imply that lead buying is bigger over there? Is more kind of thought of within these companies or does it just, in like here, it's more just a part of marketing in general or something? Or?
1: Well, I think the difference is that here, it actually gets tied up with sales rather than marketing. So um, it tends to, I mean, it, it depends. It, in the UK, it tends to be driven by the contact details you're collecting. So if it's like lead gen for email only, or go into a marketing team, if it's lead gen with a telephone number, it goes into a sales team. Um, Whereas in the U.S. I, it's probably similar actually. I don't know if the differences are, are, are strong like that. But the um, the roles are probably the same between the U.S. and the U.K. It's just that you know they don't call themselves something else like I don't know, dialer manager, performance person. They'd just be like lead buyer for you know. It's a, they're just really easy to identify. Um, And does that mean that they take it more seriously? Maybe that could be why there's a a sort of stronger alliance or or less mystique behind it, because the lead buyers tend to be, or seem to be, I don't know if this is definitely the case, potentially more educated about, you know, the lead generation market and the type of uh, leads that they're gonna buy. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder why, I mean, you say this
0: this mystique over here, but I mean, I think you mentioned the pasty um... You know, inherently, there's a lack of transparency there. Like, does that filter across everything? do you think, in, in comparison to America, are they just you talk about transparency all the time, how things should be? So, is America more like how we believe things should be? We, we, things will end up here eventually. Where we're playing catch up.
1: No, I don't think there's any, but <laughs> strangely saying that, I don't necessarily think there's more transparency um, in some respects. I suspect it's still a, a problem over there where. You know people are overselling products or um saying stuff is collected in some ways that it isn't um but what you've got to imagine if you're a, a sort of more mature lead buyer who understands the market and identifies solely with that role is you've almost made it your job to have to have knowledge about it um and it's really funny really because I've been a huge lead buyer in the past, right? So before we did software, as you know, um, I would say I was probably one of the biggest lead buyers in the UK. I mean, buying tens of thousands of leads a day. Not just me, I mean as as a team. I'm just doing it in first person. Um and that is only really possible if you're like heavily educated and understand the market entirely and understand like all the sources and can track and analyze and do absolutely everything and use the software and that. It's probably done a bit more in the US than it is the UK because there's, you know, it. Why wouldn't you if that is your role? But if your role is like tied in with something else, as you suggested, like some of the sales role or some other marketing role, you know, it's like, what do you give more precedence to? I guess. Does mm-hmm. that make sense?
0: It makes sense. I was just, um, I was just interested, I guess, and and thinking about it from the UK perspective. If I don't know is there almost like still a little bit of a negative perception of lead generation or something here? I'm just trying to work out why there is this mystique, like why aren't we why are the things more clear, I get a guess.
1: Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I think it's um I, I I think it's this thing of like just data. People don't necessarily um understand the difference that all data that they use and you know comes into the company oh. via third parties of However, it comes as usually some element of lead generation that happens behind it. So maybe that's what it is. It's just like this understanding of the, it's a slightly more mature market for the lead buyers.
0: Well, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, it's, uh, that's the idea, isn't it? That generally we think of things in America as being slightly ahead of the rest of the world. I mean, not that much more of the UK, but other countries. But. Um, It'll be interesting With it could be Another
1: example is, I'd say software is another example as well. So like obviously in the UK, and we know this, you know, you'll have like a load of lead buyers that don't either think they need like dedicated software or need software to buy leads. Um, and they'll, you know, I don't know you strange things or they're sending leads in different ways. It, in the US it's much more a given that you, you know, you need software to be able to do this stuff.
0: Yeah. And obviously, I mean, we, we try and keep this objective. But obviously, you go over there as part of Datable. And um, so from a software perspective, like, did, is there new stuff over there? Is there anything different that you thought, OK, I've not heard this before? You know, we find sort of software stuff out that was interesting?
1: Um, no, I wouldn't say this. They have a few more dedicated solutions. So this is if you are buying leads. Um, and connecting them like I don't know an all in one dialer solution that is optimized, like specifically for lead generation, um, and potentially stuff around um, stuff like texting leads rather than so having this sort of operation that will text leads if you can't dial them immediately. Um, so, there's a few dedicated solutions, but no, in terms of other software like CRMs, you know, we use all the ones that, in the, the UK anyway, lead distribution systems are sort of quite similar in a lot of respects. Um, so in a lot of ways, it isn't, There's just a few more dedicated things. And it's because the lead buying industry is a lot bigger, because obviously, the size of the market as well.
0: Yeah. And um, just flipping these around, what were some of, you know, to look at it from their perspective, what were some of the questions that the American audience, I assume, asking you about how things were here, like you know, in reverse.
1: Well, asking me about Medicare leads over here was quite interesting. It doesn't exist in industry, yeah. yeah. Well, I was like, we just have the NHS, you <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw
0: that once for um, someone's describing Joe Breaking Bad, the TV show. It was just like it was set in England. Oh, yeah. he, he, he needs to, he needs some money, he need any money. That's it. It's the whole whole show's done, but I guess this is everything,
1: yeah. Um. Some of the questions were I mean a lot were around compliance and you know GDPR and how it's different in the US and stuff like that. So they what's strange in the US is in terms of data laws um, and this is like the collecting or buying of data, the laws are really archaic you know it's like each state has their own individual laws and there's no like overarching federal law that has like any deep impact. I think California has some of the most stringent, which is like the CCPA or something, which is kind of similar to GDPR. But then they have this thing called TCPA, which is um, to do with like um, getting unsolicited calls and being dialed too many times and having automated dialers and whatever else. And individuals will sue companies, like um, as an individual. Uh, for a lot of money, and they'll gather together. So it's like a big way of earning money. So it's it's a strange thing because obviously the data laws are less stringent, but the uh, the laws around then contacting that data are much more stringent, and they have like massive fines. I mean, that makes the you know, the ICO look like they're not sort of finding anyone particularly at all because um, you know go after companies in a big big way over there they would make them go bust and all types of things so it's it's there were a lot of questions around or when i say there weren't actually that many questions we just talked about it a fair bit um some of the other questions um were around how do you enter the market and things and we talked about you know buying companies in the UK and how it's difficult to like penetrate markets without boots in the ground and sort of understanding, um, local buyers and things like that. But, uh, yeah, that it was a lot of it was around the, uh, the regulations.
0: Do you think just to about, back, do you think people like in the UK or like the ICO and stuff will learn from America and what they're doing, do you think they'll crank up the kind of finding and that kind of thing here?
1: Um, well the difference is is because no one's fine, it's like a, the government is fining companies aren't they? Whereas in the US under this TCPA thing it's individuals going after companies. Um, so whether something like that change in the UK, um, I mean the ICO must look at it and think you know can we or it, it almost fall into another department actually around the Um, calling stuff but it's uh, yeah I think they must look at it in some respects and think could we be doing more could we be issuing more fines because some of the stuff with like the ICO you know they'll they'll have like two billion instances of a misdemeanor before they'll issue a 20 grand fine whereas in the US there might be like 10 and they'll issue you know a fine a huge fine So the stringency behind it is completely and utterly different. I think that you know you have a, a huge opportunity to um, be doing wrong under GDPR in the UK under I- the ICO, and uh, and not necessarily even end up with a fine. More get told you are doing something wrong. Stop it, or we'll fine you.
0: Yeah, I just I don't know. I just don't want it to seem. I don't, I'm trying to think of perspective buyers listening. Um, I don't know, feel
1: like the UK is just really lax with this stuff. You
0: know, no, we need to include the lax. right
1: mindset. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's lax. It's less. It's more to do with that in the UK, it's like a law, right? It's it's a law and it's the government is administering the law, whereas it, in the US, it's like it's like the Wild West. But imagine it's like um, the people are then just, uh, you know, suing companies. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I see what you're saying. Say, yeah, it's
0: just... Um... It's interesting. Well, There's other state stuff you said. Like, do 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 companies tend to? Op- I mean, I guess it's different if it's a big brand, but like with the sort of lead generators themselves, and do they tend to operate within states individually rather than like having to work out what the difference is between them?
1: No, I think they'll do it um, nationwide. But I mean, the data laws are really lax, right? Like, you literally can just like buy and sell data. There's no in in a lot of states you can't do it in uh, California, but it, there really lacks like the data laws in terms of like the ownership of data and stuff. It's just it's it's it is like the Wild West. But what I think they rely on is these like secondary components of then contacting people, um, which is where the uh, the fines and stuff come in. But the the thing with like just being able to like you know gather data willy nilly is that. Um, you'd obviously use that for marketing purposes if you could then attract that person or to attract that person. So you can use it as almost like a metadata level stuff to run ads and things like that. Um, but it, it's just a it's a completely different like route they've gone down um, to GDPR and whether, you know, I'm sure they look at GDPR and think we could do some sort of nationwide law like this. And I'm sure, you know, stuff like the, uh, TCPA and the different fines that come out of individuals and things, you know, could be better in the UK or in Europe.
0: Interesting. I mean we've had actually quite a few American guests on the show. I don't remember exactly how many. And um we tend to, I guess, find the similarities when we talk about stuff, maybe. Um but it's interesting the differences too. Like, you know, it's difficult almost for me to imagine some of this stuff because I didn't go. Um but yeah, it does sound like a bit a bit bizarre for the way you're sort of describing it
1: i think i think it's just for me it's slightly bemusing with all this like state laws around data and stuff it's just you know it's a strange thing but um one of the guys who i was speaking to over there um who's from the uk and he's lived uh in california for eight years um he said the strange thing about america is because the uk and the us speak the same language we think that there's like common grounds but he said but the um, the UK has far more in common with the rest of Europe that it thinks is more different than it does with the US. It's just as a language barrier that means we don't necessarily realize it.
0: Very interesting I bet you could apply that to stuff way outside of just lead generation you know like I, I guess in all aspects maybe there's that, that
1: yeah. kind of trick sometimes. But... but the UK is different to a lot of lead gen as well in you know, the rest of Europe, I think it's, uh, it's definitely different in like Spain, Italy and France and stuff like that. It's, it's more, it's behind the UK, definitely.
0: Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about what we learned in America. I think there's a a few things there. Um, I feel like there's some more questions that probably want to we'll raise and maybe we'll, we'll revisit in a future podcast, but um, yeah, interesting start. And anyone else who's listening is from America and wants to get back on the show, by all means, reach out to us and we'll discuss and michael three, if you're listening to this next time i want an invite when you're putting one on over in san diego please because i was miserable starting, yeah, having to deal with january english weather when you were out in you know on beaches places um but yeah that was yeah. episode 51 what we learned in america thanks for listening to the b2c lead generation podcast be sure to hit subscribe to hear more from those at the very cutting edge of the lead general world